Hello, everyone, and welcome to New Consciousness Review. I'm Miriam Knight, and our guest today is Nick Ortner. Nick is the creator and executive producer of the hit documentary film, The Tapping Solution. He also produces the annual worldwide online event, the Tapping World Summit, which has been attended by over half a million people. Nick presents breakthrough live tapping sessions around the world, and today we're going to talk about his book, The Tapping Solution, A Revolutionary System for Stress-Free Living. Welcome, Nick. I'm delighted you could join us. Oh, Miriam, thanks so much for having me on. Nick, tell us what is this mystery tapping technique that's getting such rapid and, and really impressive results? Yeah, absolutely. So, so tapping... Um, the Tapping Solution, or EFT, is the form of tapping that I do that stands for Emotional Freedom Techniques. Uh, but we generally call it tapping because we are literally tapping on these endpoints of meridians on our body. And I like to describe it as a combination of ancient Chinese acupressure or acupuncture. That's the physical tapping component and modern psychology. Because as we tap on these meridian endpoints of our body... We say certain statements, we focus on our challenge, on what's bothering us, on what's getting in the way. And it's a technique that, that I personally discovered for myself 10 years ago, um, thought it was strange as can be when I found it, and, uh, and still today sometimes laugh when I wake up in the morning and say, I do what every day? I, I do this tapping thing. But as you know, and, and literally hundreds of, of thousands, if not millions of people around the world are finding, it's incredibly effective on a huge variety of issues. What led you to be open to it, Nick? Not everybody believes in tapping away your problems. Yeah. Well, you know, I've always been a curious mind and uh, interested in tools that I could use to improve my life. And, you know, wh whether it be listening to Tony Robbins in high school and college and, you know, learning from him and then Wayne Dyer and Louise Hay. I've just always been into self-help and personal development and I kept hearing about this tapping tool again and again. And from a lot of the people that I was following, the people that I was learning from, they would kind of mention offhand, oh, you should try EFT. And uh, if, you're, if you're stuck with limiting beliefs and you can't clear them or if you're trying to make a change happen and it doesn't seem to work, try this tapping thing. And I heard it in enough places. You know, it's one of those things that when, when the universe puts it in front of you again and again and again, you say, okay, I'm going to pay attention so I did, and, and one of my first experiences, I remember, it was, it was pretty simple, but it was pretty profound. I had woken up one morning with some neck pain, and, uh, you know, it's from sleeping wrong, like a crick in your neck, and it's not a big deal, but it hurts, and it's uncomfortable, and it can last a day or two days or three days, and I kept hearing about how tapping works for pain. So I said, all right, let me give this a shot, and I looked it up online, and I went over the instructions and tried to figure out how to do it. You know, it's a little complicated the first time when you don't know what you're doing, but soon enough, it's simple. And sure enough, I did a couple of rounds of tapping, maybe five or 10 minutes, and the pain just released. It went away. And, you know, that was a great result as it was for how the pain go away, but it also made me start thinking, if I can change this that quickly, you know, something that I thought was going to take a long time to go away or there's nothing I could do about it. If I could change that that quickly, what else could I change in my life? So I spent the last decade, you know, in various forms of studying the technique, um, you know, being trained in it, working with people on it, and eventually producing a documentary film about it, and then the book, which is the my last uh, sort of project in this technique. Well, your most recent, anyway. <laughs> my most recent, you are correct, to be accurate. <laughs> my mo I'm already working on my second book, so it is my most recent. 
Um, so uh, where did this technique originate? That's a great question. It was, a, it was the beginnings of it and where the real breakthrough came was with a gentleman by the name of Dr. Roger Callahan. And it was the late 70s, actually, over 30 years ago. And he was a traditional psychologist and was working with a client by the name of Mary. Now, Mary had a severe water phobia. And when I say severe, I mean severe, not just like I don't like swimming. She didn't like drinking water. She didn't like taking baths. She didn't like showers. She was phobic of water. And obviously, it affected the quality of her life in a massive way. And she was had been seeing Dr. Callahan for about a year and a half doing the traditional therapy, you know, talking about it, doing some exposure therapy, you know, looking at the water bit by bit, trying to calm down around it, trying to find out psychological reasons for the fear, and they just weren't getting anywhere. In fact, the sessions themselves were so stressful for Mary that she would walk away from the sessions with a headache. So it was like it was making it even worse. And then one day they were, Dr. Callahan was meeting with Mary and they were sitting outside of his house and looking at the pool in his home. And, and when Mary was looking at the pool, she commented, you know, when I look at the water, I just get this queasy feeling in the pit of my stomach. It feels like there's butterflies in there. And as it so happened, the night before, Dr. Callahan had been reading about meridians in the body and the endpoints of meridians and had read that the stomach meridian ends underneath the eye. So really, on a whim, he said, try tapping underneath the eye and see what happens. So he tapped, she tapped, Mary tapped underneath the eye a couple of times, and the water phobia cleared just like that. A lifelong phobia went away in a matter of literally seconds. So as you can imagine, Dr. Callahan was astonished by this turn of events. You know, he's been a traditional psychologist. Especially for, after he'd spent two years with her. Well, that's it. That's it. And, and especially after he had had one client after another where he just saw mediocre results. And, you know, I think... People in those professions generally tend to want to help people, right? And and uh, and most, 99% of them don't want them coming back every week with the same issues. They want to help them. So he had been frustrated. This was a huge breakthrough for Mary and for him. And he proceeded to study the endpoints of meridians in the body and developed a technique called TFT, thought field therapy. Um, the form that I use today and that most of – uh, people use is called EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique, and that was developed by Gary Craig, who was a student of Rogers. And Gary was brilliant in basically taking Rogers' work and simplifying it, um, adding some simple twist to it to make it easier for people to learn. And that's what I use personally. I learned it from Gary and from other experts around the world, and uh, that's what a lot of people are using today. So, what are the elements of this technique? Well, you know, I think the best way to describe it is to have a little experience with it. Should we uh, do some tapping together so people really know how it works? Sure. Okay. So there's a couple steps, and they're really very basic. Uh, the first thing that we want to do is we want to identify what we want to work on. What's our target? Um, I like to focus on first, if you've had this is your first experience, pick what I call your MPI, your most pressing issue. You know, what's the thing that for the last couple of days you keep running through your mind over and over again? What's the stressful project that's coming up that you keep thinking about? Um, if you're experiencing any physical pain in your body, that can be your target. It works incredibly well with physical pain. So if you have back pain or neck pain or a crick in your neck like I had, you can tune in to that as your target. And you want to be as specific as possible on it. You don't want to just say, life is overwhelming me. You want to say, 
this project that is due in two days is really stressing me out because I don't think I can get it done in time. Right? You want to really focus in and hone in on the issue. So that's the first thing we do. We pick our target. So pick a pain, pick a stressful issue, pick an emotion. If you're angry at somebody, if you're sad about something. And once you have your issue, I'd like you to give it a number on a 0 to 10 scale in intensity. 10 being most intense. So if you had physical pain and it was really hurting, it could be a 10 or 9 or an 8. And you want to try to pick an issue that's a 5 or higher. So you have your target, what you're working on. You give it a number on a 0 to 10 scale. And then we're going to do some tapping on it. Now, if I was working with you one-on-one or you were tapping by yourself, you would be saying the language that relates to your issue. Since we're doing tapping together, I'm going to use what's called global tapping. So it'll be very general language. But as long as you're focused on your issue, it's going to work just fine for you. And Miriam, will you be my echo as we tap along? I will be delighted. Wonderful. So we start by tapping on the side of the hand. It's called the karate chop point, And it's below the pinky, either side of the hand, right on the outside of the hand. You want to take four fingers of one hand and tap on the other. It doesn't matter which hand you use. How far below the pinky? Um, It's it's fully below the pinky. So you're actually not tapping on the pinky. You're tapping on the meaty part of the outside of your hand. Above the wrist, below the pinky, right in that space in there. Got it. Okay, and just tap continuously and then repeat after me. Even though I have this stress in my body. Even though I have this stress in my body. I deeply and completely accept myself. I deeply and completely accept myself. We're going to do that two more times. Even though I have this stress in my body. Even though I have this stress in my body. I deeply and completely accept myself. I deeply and completely accept myself. Even though I have this issue. Even though I have this issue. I deeply and completely accept myself. I deeply and completely accept myself. So that's called the setup statement. And now we're going to tap through the points. The first point is the eyebrow point. It's on the inside of the eyebrow, right where the hair ends and it meets the nose. And you can tap on either side or you can do both sides. The meridians run down both sides of the body. And just tap with two fingers inside of the eyebrow and just repeat this issue. Is it more powerful if you use both fingers? You know, some people have told me that their anecdotal evidence says it is if you tap down both sides of the body. We just haven't really been able to measure it. So if you have both hands free, then go for it. So just tap inside of the eyebrow this issue. This issue. And now on the side of the eye, again, one side or both sides. It's next to the eye. It's not at the temple. A little further in, right where the face turns on the bone. This issue. This issue. Now, under the eye, again, one side or both sides, right on the bone, this stressful issue. This stressful issue. Now, under the nose, with two fingers, this stressful issue. This stressful issue. Under the mouth, it's above the chin, below the lip, right in that little crease in there, again, with two fingers, this stressful issue. This stressful issue. We have three points left. For the collarbone point, if you feel for the two little bones of the collarbone, and just go down just an inch, out to each side about an inch, and you can tap with all ten fingers, both sides of the body, this stressful issue. This stressful issue. Now, underneath the arm, either side of the body, three inches underneath the armpit, it'll be right on the bra line for women, this stressful issue. This stressful issue. And the last point where we do look a little bit like monkeys, right at the top of the head, this stressful issue. This stressful issue. And then you take a deep breath. Let it go. 
And that's what's called one round of tapping. Now, after every round, we do two things. The first thing we do is we check in and say, where, how did things shift? What was my number at and where did it go to? So if you had pain at an eight, you might tune in and go, huh, it's a seven or a six or a five. And we're looking for a shift here. You know, that was only a minute of tapping one round. So even if it goes from eight to a seven, it means something is shifting. Mm-hmm. And then we're also looking to see what else came up. What are their thoughts, emotions, feelings, ideas, memories that might be related to the issue? Now, you might have not had that many this first round because you're focused on the points and trying to get that right. So your conscious mind is really focused on that. But as you continue the process, going round after round, you'll find that other ideas and insights come forward that can help you get to the root of what's going on. So in your experience, Nick, do certain issues respond better to tapping than others? Mm, that's a great question. Well, I certainly have seen issues where the, the success is tremendous. Um, I mentioned pain relief a couple times. Uh, on a daily basis, I'm astonished with how well it works for pain relief and, and conditions that seemingly have no quote-unquote cure or you know medicine can't help or just fibromyalgia um, as an example. In, in our documentary film, The Tapping Solution, we showed Jody who had 15 years of fibromyalgia and came to the tapping event, did the process, and woke up the second morning completely pain-free and has remained pain-free five years later. Um, John, with 30 years of chronic back pain, multiple surgeries, medication, uh, ran the gamut of trying to heal his back pain. Nothing worked. Again, he did the tapping, and that miraculous second morning woke up pain-free and has remained pain-free for, for five years. So if you're experiencing pain, it's, it's incredibly powerful for it. Um, fears and phobias, you know, someone who's scared of heights, obviously the story of Mary with her water, scared of snakes and uh, public speaking, it works really well for that. The the cases where I've actually seen it struggle, I haven't had personal experiences, but people have told me that when they've tried it for tinnitus, which is ringing in the ears, that they haven't seen results there. That could be a very physical condition. I don't know much about it. So they said that that didn't work mm-hmm. that well there. But my experience is it's, it's a rare occasion where I'm not astonished by um, how quickly it works. And if it doesn't work for 20 or 30 minutes, for, I mean, I, I remember distinctly I was working with um, a young woman who was in her late 20s who had sciatica pain. And we tapped together for about 40 minutes with no results. It just wasn't going anywhere. So I was getting a little frustrated because I usually see such great results with pain. And whereas someone might stop at 40 minutes and go, well, I guess it doesn't work for this. I said, no, let's keep going. We got to get to the root of it. And I asked her quite simply, what's the most stressful thing going on in your life right now? And she answered in a heartbeat, work. She said, I hate it. I'm so stressed out by it. I hate every day. I hate work. I hate, I hate, I hate work. (laughs) You could tell she was just hated work. So I said, okay, let's focus on that issue. So we did tapping on even though I hate work and I don't want to go in and it's the most stressful thing and I hate it. And we focus just on that issue for 10 minutes at most. And in that time, not focusing on the sciatica pain at all. We tapped on the work stress. She got up and the sciatica pain was gone completely. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think when people find that it doesn't work, it's often about digging deeper and really trying to determine what's really going on underneath all of this. This is really the sort of core of mind-body medicine or the mind-body connection. 
Uh, give us a little background of the history. I, I know in the book you talk about the work of Candace Pert, um, uh, David Feinstein. How did the awareness of this connection come about? Well, you know, I think the last couple decades, Candace Pert's work, certainly Molecules of Emotion, where um, she she proved scientifically that emotional experiences, thoughts, ideas were playing a definitive chemical role in the body. And I think most of us know instinctively that that's the case because we feel emotions. If you're really angry, you could feel hot and you could feel the anger in your body. And uh, if you feel stress, certainly we find that our bodies wear down. If we feel sadness, the same thing. But since medical science hadn't been able to document it and prove it, we just kind of dismissed it um, and said, well, the mind is one thing and the body is another. You know, it's kind of funny that we talk about the mind-body connection as if there is a disconnection. <laughs> you know, the, the mind is part of the body, right? Mm. But But we do have a tendency to think, okay, these are just thoughts and then what's happening in my body is something different. Uh, what's become extremely apparent in the last couple decades, and especially as modern medicine has struggled to find answers for you know certain conditions and situations, modern medicine has done incredibly well with emergency situations, life-saving procedures. Um, you know There are times when you need a doctor, no doubt about it. But it's these chronic conditions where Someone has 30 years of chronic back pain and multiple surgeries and everything physical doesn't seem to do anything. When someone has pain in their body, when someone has depression or things that they can't let go of and uh, modern medicine tends to come up a little short. And this is where when people begin exploring and saying, well, what is this mind-body connection? How, is, how are the choices that I'm making in my life? How are the personal decisions? How are the ways that I'm acting in the world and reacting affecting my physical body. Um, that, to me, is the new frontier of healing. And what's really exciting about the tapping process, about EFT, is that a lot of people have had this awareness for a while, but it's become difficult to put it into action. And what I mean by that is someone can think, okay, I know I read in a book about forgiveness and how important it is to forgive other people in order for my body to heal, to not carry that stress, but I can't seem to physically do it. Right? I... I think of the person and I try to send them love and forgive them, but I'm just boiling with anger. And what's happening there is that there is a physical response happening, that that memory that the body is playing is triggering the fight-or-flight response that are in the body. It's triggering, triggering the amygdala, telling the body it isn't safe and that it's not safe to let go of this memory. You know, We were harmed, we were hurt, and we need to hold on to this in order to stay safe. When we do the tapping while focusing on these negative emotions, on these past traumas, on these stresses in our body. The latest research shows that we actually send a calming signal to the amygdala in the brain, that fight-or-flight response center. So we are, in essence, reprogramming the brain, the body, the limbic system to act and react differently, to deactivate that charge so you can have that memory and not feel the charge, so you can forgive and let go. And, and as I said from the beginning, it certainly seems strange that this would be the mechanism to forgive, but I've seen it again and again, and, and as have thousands of people around the world, that you can be boiling with rage about something, do the tapping, move through the process, do a couple rounds, and next thing you know, there's a new insight and awareness and ability to forgive that just wasn't there before. Mm-hmm. 
I thought your concept of the tapping tree was fascinating. Tell us about it and all the different layers. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the tapping tree is actually a borrowed concept. I learned it from my, my friend um, and EFT master, Lindsay Kenny, and, uh, and she shared with it. She shared it with me one day, and I was—I loved it. I, I, as you did, I from the beginning, I was astonished at how simple it was and how powerful it was. And and the concept basically is that it's a format for—it's a metaphor through which we can approach our life issues. And this is what I mean. If we look at an issue like weight loss, for example, and we say I want to do tapping for weight loss. The people might generally go, okay, so what do I do? I say, even though I want to lose weight and it's not working, I deeply and completely accept myself. Those things are very general and, it, and it's important, as I said earlier, to get specific. So what the tapping tree does, it helps us to identify the components of it. So if you visualize a tree and you think about all the different components and you have the leaves, the leaves in the tapping tree are what we call the side effects. In the case of weight loss, that would be extra weight. It might be cellulite. It might be low energy. So these are the physical side effects of this issue. And then we look at the branches. The branches are the emotions. So this is how we feel about the issue. Again, with weight loss, it might be I'm so angry. I'm angry at myself. I'm angry at food. I'm frustrated. I'm sad. Whatever emotional experiences we're having with the, with the weight loss issue. We go down further, we look at the trunk of the tree. The trunk represents the events in our life that might have contributed to this issue. So again, with weight loss, you might say, well, when I was 14 years old, my, I, was, I was really skinny and my sister said, you're too skinny and you think you're so hot because you're so skinny because she was overweight. And it really hurt me and ever since then, I put on more pounds in on each year. So maybe that's a contributing event that is keeping you stuck or the things that happen. Other times that you felt bad about yourself or people called you fat or you saw something on TV that upset you. These are the events that can contribute to the problem. And then at the bottom, we have the roots. And the roots are really the core of what's going on here. And these are the limiting beliefs. And limiting beliefs might be it's hard to lose weight. I've tried this you know, 20 times and it never works. It doesn't work for me. You know, whatever we believe about ourselves and about the world, those are our limiting beliefs. So you have together the limiting beliefs, the events, the emotions, the side effects, and it, and it serves as a way to identify the different things that you can tap on. And ideally, to get the most lasting results, to really be thorough on an issue, you go through and tap on all the different components. So you can then look at it and say, I've healed, I've released, I've cleared all these things related to this issue. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like peeling the layers of an onion. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's exactly that. And I think what the tree helps to do too, especially if you're using it and you're, to, and you're writing things down and you see it visually, it helps us to be persistent. So you can say, okay, I'm going to keep going until I cross off all the things on the tree, until I look at them and they don't have a negative charge. And while certainly I've seen one-minute miracle, five-minute miracles, 10-minute miracles with tapping where something shifts really quickly and individual things can shift really quickly to shift a bigger pattern like this, a bigger life issue, something like trying to lose 40 pounds when nothing's worked for 30 years. It's helpful to be more thorough and diligent and and really approach the problem in an all-encompassing way. Mm -hmm. Now, you 
apply, you say that this can be applied to things um, like relationships. Mm. How does that work? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, th- so there's really two things with relationships or two categories. One is someone looking to find a relationship and then people in existing relationships. And the approach is really the same for both. And it, and it involves what, you know, taking a look at past events, past experiences and asking yourself, what am I carrying from the past into the future, into the present moment? You know, we often talk, when we talk about relationships and other people, we use the term baggage a lot, right? People are very familiar. Oh, boy, she has a lot of baggage. You know, he comes with a lot of baggage. And, and what does that mean exactly? Well, it means that these are past experiences, events, things that happen to these people that they are still holding on to that is affecting their life in some way. And when we complain of someone bringing a lot of baggage to a relationship, it means all the old stuff is coming forward. The things that haven't healed, that they haven't cleared, is affecting the current relationship. So the opportunity here, and you can do the same tapping tree for relationships. You can make a list of all your relationships and write down not only how you feel about the person, write down what hasn't cleared about it, write down what you're bringing in from the past to today's relationship. An easy example is someone had a bad experience where they were cheated on by their significant other. They broke up with them, went on to the new relationship, but cannot trust the new person because they're still holding on to the hurt from the old person. And it's a very logical response. Again, if we go back to that amygdala, that fight or flight stress response to keep us safe, the individual saying, I I cannot trust men or women because I've been cheated on in the past. It means it's going to happen again. I need to stay on high alert. I need to stay safe. Now, it might keep them safe in some ways, but it also certainly keeps them from experiencing intimacy and having the level of connection that most of us want in a relationship. So it's through that process of clearing out the baggage of healing past traumas that we can really improve our existing relationships or attract a new positive relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm reminded of the story of the two monks who were walking by a river and they come across a young, pretty young woman who was afraid to cross because the river was flowing very strongly. So one of the monks picks her up and carries her across and then comes back and they proceed along their way. And the other monk turns to the one who had helped the young woman and he said, you know, as a monk, you really shouldn't have been picking up that that young woman. And the monk turns to him and he says, you know, I put her down two miles ago. You're still carrying her. Mm. Yeah. So we, we do, we do uh, hang on to our baggage, don't we? we? We certainly do. Well, you know, again, back to that physiological perspective, it's tough to let it go. We are, we are conditioned for safety. And we are conditioned, unfortunately, at least initially until you sort of rework your brain, to look for the negative. Right, that we're we're more likely to stop to spot something that is dangerous because it's a biological impulse to stay safe, and we're doing the same things in our relationships. We're doing the same things when it comes to money and finances, um, in all aspects of our lives. This safety issue is is uh, you know a big one. Mm. I remember hearing Tony Robbins speak uh, years ago, and his central point was that the body is not stupid. 
Mm. It's trying to do its best for you. Yeah. Given the information it has on hand. So effectively what you're doing, as you said, was reprogramming the internal computer so that it interprets the information differently. Exactly. Absolutely. And and that is what happens. And and I've seen it time and again where people go, you know, well, this person used to trigger me, but now they don't. And that's and again, the, the trigger it's another great word that is often used and we don't really think about too often. Oh my she triggers me so much, he triggers me. And it's really going back to that physical response where it is a trigger, where there's a stimulus and then there's the it, it triggers a response. Almost that we almost don't have control over. You know, it's, it's just like, like Pavlovian. Yeah. It it really is. We are we are much more Pavlovian than we probably like to admit. <laughs> so, how would you apply this? I, I I imagine that one of the biggest challenges in using this technique is coming up with the right phrases to use yeah. that will kind of penetrate your subconscious. Um, are there better ways to do that? Are there right and wrong ways to do that? Well, there's certainly, I don't believe, are right or wrong ways. Um, you know, the basic premise is that if you're focusing on the issue, if you're tuned into what's bothering you, you're going to make progress, and that's a good start. Now, and the language doesn't have to be perfect. Now, language certainly helps us to connect with issues uh, because it's it's we we know it, right? So sometimes... There'll be trigger words. If I'm working with a client and, um, you know, I mention a word like shame, they might say, oh, yes, that's exactly what I'm feeling. I couldn't put it to language and now I can connect to that better. Um, that's where working with a practitioner and there are thousands of EFT practitioners around the world who are great can be really helpful. But you don't have to work with a practitioner. Um, one of the things that I tried to do in the book is to have a, a good balance between ideas on here's how you can um, use it for yourself. Here's the language that you can use. Here's how to come up with your own language. And then also what we call scripts, you know, language that's pre-written there for you already that's sort of going to help you go through the process. I think both are beneficial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we are all struggling with uh, is money. Mm. How, how does this work with money issues? Well, yeah, I mean, people will say, oh, so you do a lot of tapping and then money comes into your bank account? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? Like, how does it work together? Well, the way it works in money issues is, again, it goes back to addressing these past traumas, these limiting beliefs, these things that happen to us that are dictating how we're acting in the world. And let me give you an example. Somebody might have, you know, gotten up in fifth grade in front of the class to read a story and they mispronounced a word, the whole class laughed at them, and they decided right then and there it's not safe to stand in front of public, and heck, it's not even safe to stand out in the world. Like, I don't want to be seen. This was a, an embarrassing situation. So then they go the rest of their lives making small little choices to not put themselves in the same situation. And they're not conscious, It's usually. I mean, it's unlikely that they'll be you know, 25 years old at work and say, well, no, I'm not going to you know, push to give this presentation because they laughed at me 20 years ago. Um, but what will likely happen is that they will make those decisions unconsciously. No, I don't want to do this. I don't feel like it. I don't like it. Or they could be out and out phobic and be scared of speaking in public. Um, when we go back and heal those traumas, when we go back and heal 
the things that we learned from our parents. You know, if growing up money was tight and it was always a stressful thing, it was always fighting around the dinner table around money, it's likely that when you think of money and your finances, your body tenses up instinctively. And the big challenge with all these things, these traumas that we carry forward, when our body tenses up, when we are stressed, is that we become less resourceful. That, you know, if we go back to that, you know, and I know I sound like a broken record, but it is all about that fight or flight response and that the amygdala response and that amygdala is firing when it comes to money. So you get a bill or you think about money and you get stressed out, the blood flows away from the forebrain into the limbs. It goes into our arms and legs because we're supposed to run away from a situation or we're supposed to fight it. Now, it's difficult to run away from a piece of paper in front of you, right? But our body feels this way. And then we think, oh, I'm so overwhelmed. There's so much to do. There's not enough money. All these thoughts keep perpetuating the stress response and we don't come up with good ideas. That's when we procrastinate. That's when we don't make the best decisions. You know, if we think of the opposite experience of being in nature and and walking through the woods and being relaxed or taking a bath or a shower. I mean, I've heard time and again when people say, you ask someone, where do you get your best ideas? They say, in the shower. You know, I'm just relaxed in the morning or I'm taking a bath at night and all of a sudden it comes to me. It's because the body is relaxed, because we're open to that intuition, because we're open to, uh, to other ideas, insights, thoughts that can help us move forward in our journey. And then it's within that space that you can really make better decisions and move forward. I certainly have seen it for myself in the last decade, especially the last five years when I focused on making the Tapping Solution documentary film and then the book. The times when I felt overwhelmed or stuck or frustrated, I did the tapping and I cleared the way to move forward. And if I didn't have it as a resource, I could have likely said, this is too difficult. I'm going to give up on this. I'm trying to make a movie and I have no filmmaking experience and I have over $100,000 in credit card debt just to make this movie. It's not going to work. I give up. Right? And, and this happens with a lot of ideas where, where people fail, quote unquote fail, or just don't get the result they want because they stay in that stress response. So if we use the tapping to clear out our current stress, our current issues around finances and also past ones, we open ourselves up to a completely different experience around money, around work, around following our passions and dreams. It sounds almost like um, tapping can be a quick way to achieve what you would have to spend, you know, many minutes or hours in meditation to Mm. achieve. Yeah. You know, I love meditation and I uh, use it as part of my practice. What I find is I'll use the tapping either before meditation to clear out all this active thinking, um, and then I can open myself up to have a deeper meditation. I think the two go to go together really well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. So you have a chapter in your book called A New Vision for Humanity. Mm. How do you think that this can impact, have an impact on the world? Well, you know, I've seen it already happening in, in, a, in a massive way. In that chapter, I cover, I cover a couple of really amazing stories um, of the work being done around the world. One example it's the, is the VETS stress project with veterans with PTSD, Iraq and Afghanistan war veterans and, and Vietnam war veterans who have struggled with PTSD. The existing mechanisms and systems, unfortunately, aren't doing the job. They just, they're just not capable of dealing with this level of trauma 
Um, medications often seem to make things worse. Um, I'm sure at times that they help, but they're likely overprescribed and uh, and not helping get to the core issue of healing that trauma. And and tapping does, and it's been shown both clinically and research, and then anecdotally in huge amounts, uh, showing people who had PTSD who really struggled and went through the tapping process and have had amazing results since then. Um, another project highlighted in, in that chapter is the is Project Light in Rwanda, where Dr. Lori Layden worked with genocide survivors from Rwanda and worked with them again to heal that deep trauma and those old wounds that just weren't healing on their own and helped these amazing uh, kids get their lives back together. Um, and for me personally, the, the latest example, which didn't make it in the book because it happened after the book was uh, went to print, was in Newtown, Connecticut, which is the, the site of the Sandy Hook shooting, and it's actually my hometown. Really? Um, so, yeah, yeah. I live in Newtown. I live about 10 minutes away from the school. And um, so we've been working on the ground since that day, really a few days afterwards, working with children who lost... I mean, uh, parents who lost their children, kids who were in the schools, siblings who lost their um, brothers and sisters, first responders, people in the community, using the tapping technique to address the stress and the trauma component of it. You know, we're not addressing the grief. We're helping people grieve in a deeper way. We're helping people grieve without stress. And uh, it's it's proven to be incredibly effective. Um, and, I, and I see it on a daily basis. It's difficult work for sure. And it's not, you know, it's not a five minute miracle where somebody taps and everything's better, but, um, but it's, it's helping to, uh, to create a lot of healing. Mm. Tell us about this online event that you organize worldwide. Yeah. So the tapping world summit, we've actually done five of them so far. We just wrapped up a couple months ago, the fifth annual tapping world summit. It started out as a smallish event. The first time we ran it, there was about forty to 45,000 people who registered. Um, and now it's grown to over half a million people have, have joined it in the last couple of years. And uh, it's, it's a neat program because it's a free event. It runs free for 10 days where there's two presentations a day focused on tapping specific topics. So as we discussed today, how to use it for relationships and for pain and for finances and procrastination and use it with children, all the different ways to get really specific with it. And it runs free for 10 days, and then we also make it available for people to purchase the digital copy or they could get a binder with it. And uh, it's a nice format because the people who purchase it make it possible for us to you know, host 500,000 people online and pay for servers and pay for the staff to handle customer service and, and make the whole thing work financially, and then hundreds of thousands of people get to listen for free. So it's really it's a wonderful model of, of how we can help people and, and share this information while also being able to financially sustain ourselves individually. I have to say the image of a half a million people across the world tapping on their yeah. faces and heads boggles the mind a bit. It, yeah, and it, and it's it's amazing and it's comical that we're all I can see. You know, I, I actually spoke. Uh, I've been speaking at Hay House events a couple times this year at there. I can do it, and there's usually two to three thousand people at the events, and I do some tapping with all of them. And my favorite part is when they're all at the top of the head, 
and uh, there's 3,000 people looking like monkeys right in front of me. <laughs> um, so we all laughed together, and I actually I grabbed my iPhone last time I was on stage, and I snapped a picture of all of them. So had them smile and tap on the top of their head. So, you know, it's comical, but if this is what it takes to uh, to to bring pain relief, to bring healing to ourselves and to the world, let's do it. But what is so mind-boggling is the speed with which you can achieve yeah. a shift. It is. And, and you know, and I, I think the speed is actually one of the things that in the last 30 years might have held it back, and, and now it's becoming more accepted. But in terms of traditional psychology, uh, I think people, and, and now there's a lot of psychologists and psychiatrists who use it. I profile a couple of them in the book. Um, or, or PhDs and doctors using it in their practices. But for a lot of them in the last couple of decades, they've just been rejecting it out of hand because it seemed too good to be true. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, no, like this, this can't be working like this. But the latest research is showing exactly why it's working. And uh, again, anecdotally, the, there's so many stories of people having incredible experiences. Hmm. Do you think that there are still ways to be discovered as to how you can use this? Oh, I'm sure there are. I mean, I, I would be naive. You know, I'd be joining the ranks of others who said, this is it. This is the greatest thing ever invented, and, and we can't improve on it. You know? um, and I think that's a dangerous place to be because then that, that creates a closed mind. Um, who knows? Who knows what's next in terms of, whether we keep improving the language or find that specific approaches uh, work better. People are innovating all the time in terms of the languaging and, and the length of sessions and how to do it and what to focus on. Um, there's, you know, there's the basic tapping points, and some people use some extra points if you're really stuck. So I think that, you know, I hope that there continues to be progress in the field and we just stay committed to finding better ways to help people heal. Tell us what your next book is about. Well, I just decided about a week ago, and you know, I was talking to Reed, the president of Hay House, and my editor at Hay House, and we went back and forth on a bunch of different topics, and then we finally, and this is the first time I'm announcing it publicly, so you got a, you got a, a scoop, <laughs> a We've scoop, got a scoop here. You got a scoop. The, the second book is going to be on pain relief. Um, it's going to be focus specifically on how to use the tapping for pain relief. I cover it in a chapter in the book, but in this book, I'm going to go really deep on how to use it for specific conditions like fibromyalgia and back pain and neuropathy and migraines and really dig deep. Um, You know, it's funny because just earlier today, I put out on my Facebook page, letting people know that I was working on on another book and looking for people who are experiencing pain. And I had at least 20 people email me already saying, I'm experiencing pain here, here, this, that, and the other. I can't seem to find a solution. Please help. So there's a huge demand for it out there, and hopefully uh, my book can play a part in helping people relieve some pain. Heck, all you have to do is walk through the um, pharmacy section of a supermarket, mm, and you yeah. see that half of it is devoted to pain relief. Uh, yeah, it's massive. It really is. And of course, the the uh, NSAIDs, the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, are so yeah. bad for you. They have so many side effects. I know, and they're and they're being used all the time, likely overprescribed. I mean, I, I think they certainly serve a purpose to bring down some inflammation when it's really needed. So I don't, you know, I like to stay balanced between Eastern and Western medicine, and not throw the baby out with the bathwater and say everything 
Western medicine is bad, but I think overuse is a certain, certainly an issue. And then, then you also get the addiction to pain medication, which is just terrible. Yeah, yeah. My husband sees people all the time who are addicted to Oxycontin and stuff oh, like that. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. So you you mentioned things like fibromyalgia, um, which is classically very resistant to any kind of relief. You've mm. actually had had good relief with that. Yeah, I mean, it, we we documented it in the Tapping Solution film, which is you see it on video at Jody's house in Texas before she did the tapping, experiencing the pain, sharing what she's gone through in the last 15 years, actually doing the tapping during the event and seeing pain relief. And then afterwards, six months later, we she came back to visit us again and we showed on camera that she's still pain-free. So um, it's it's powerful. But from memory in that story... She also changed her life. I mean, she did. if you go back into the same situation that created the stress, then you're going to slip back into your, your pain. So you really need to not only do the work, uncover the layers, but also make the life changes. Yeah, no doubt about it. And that's why we wanted to follow up with people six months later uh, when we were doing the filming and... And we worked with them afterwards because, yeah, if you go back to all the same stuff, all the same stress, and you don't heal the root issues, um, it, it's likely to experience it again. Mm-hmm. So, Nick, tell us uh, about where, how to find your Facebook page, your website, you know, if yeah. people want to join your study. Absolutely. Um, so thetappingsolution.com is the main site where um, you can read the first two chapters of the book for free and get a, a free stress relief CD all sorts of great resources there, and um, and from there, there's links to Facebook and Twitter and all the other, all the other fun places where we hang out. <laughs> great. So, um, do you have a kind of summary message for our listeners? Well, you know, you've heard a lot of amazing uh, things about this technique, and it might sound strange, but. Give it a try. You know, the great thing about it is you can spend five or ten minutes doing the tapping, just learning the basics, and you will likely feel a shift. You'll say something is happening here. And, you know, you have nothing to lose but to give it a try. And if it's a technique that works for you and it sticks with you, it's something you have literally at your fingertips for free to use whenever you want for the rest of your life. Fantastic. Well, Nick Ortner, author of The Tapping Solution, A Revolutionary System for Stress-Free Living. Thank you so much for being with us, Nick. Oh, thanks, Mary. It's been a pleasure. I hope you'll join us next week when our guest will be Penny Pierce discussing the intriguing subject of perception that she covers in her new book, Leap of Perception, The Transforming Power of Your Attention. Before we close with our track of the week, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, ncreview.com, where you'll find many more interviews along with summaries and reviews for thousands of new consciousness books and films, as well as author profiles, videos, events, and blogs. If you sign up for our newsletter, you'll be included in our weekly draw for free books and films. The link is right on our homepage, where you'll also find a link to our mobile app so you can listen to our interviews or watch our videos on the go. That's at ncreview.com.
And now we're going to close our show with the track of the week, selected by Scott Johnson of the Positive Music Association. They're a growing group of musicians who use music not only to entertain, but to make a positive difference in people's lives and in the world. Today's track is the very poignant song by Karen Taylor Good called The Life That's Chosen Me. We had such expectations We would soon be given birth To the next Chopin, the next Einstein The greatest child on earth And we'd be the perfect family Soon we'd have the perfect kid We'd never have a challenge Or a problem, God forbid Open oh, life So I need for you to understand Don't desert me Don't ignore I need friends now More than I ever did before Show compassion But please don't pity me I'm a parent just like you, it's true But I have special needs I need you to notice That my life's different from yours I need you not to judge me Don't compare and don't keep score I love an extra pair of hands Or just a hug or two I need you to acknowledge That I carry more than you Got the world here on my back So I just thought
Food for thought, isn't it? The Life That's Chosen Me by Karen Taylor Good. Karen is a Grammy-nominated artist. She's had numerous international radio hits with songs recorded by such artists as Laura Branigan, Melissa Manchester, Al Jarreau, Nana Muscuri, and Patti Loveless. She's garnered several Songwriter of the Year awards, and Karen writes powerful songs about issues that most writers would not even attempt to address. You can find out more about her music on www.karentaylorgood.com. That's K-A-R-E-N-T-A-Y-L-O-R-G-O-O-D.com. To learn more about the Positive Music Association, go to positivemusicassociation.com. You'll be able to join this wonderful group of musicians if you're a musician, too. It's a great organization. Do you love to read? If you are a good writer and would like to be a book reviewer for NC Review, we would love to have you. We're looking for enthusiastic readers and good writers to join our team. You get the first peek at leading-edge titles, sometimes even before they're released. And you'll be providing an important service to the community as well. It really is a great way to build up your library. If you're interested, you can read more on our website, ncreview.com, or email us at reviews at ncreview.com. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.